Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. It's not to share knowledge with you alone, but to bring you into an experience. But to bring you and I together into an experience. So, you know, if if I say something, you're still like, ah, that thing did not make sense. You know, it's okay, we are having a conversation. You can signal to me, I would stop by. Amen. Because it's important that we share this together. I did not intend to really go into baptism today, but as God would have it again, you know, this is the interesting thing about God. He will be telling you this. And at times, by the time you now end up where he is pointing at, and for me at times, some conversations that God is trying to explain to me and teach me myself, I tell people that, see, the things that God helped me to teach is not, I am just the first person that hears it. We are all learning it together. Do you get what I'm saying? We are all learning together. So there are times when God will be saying certain things, and you say, ah, yes, I got it. You see, um, a servant of God was calling me yesterday, you know, it, it, uh, God had uh, showed him in a dream, or it was like an open vision, somebody that would be assisting him in helping him out in church and things like that. Somebody came in, and I can remember him calling me and saying, ah, this guy, see, this person working with me and helping me out, God told me that this is the person. I saw him so clearly in the dream. And so they were working, and that person now began to have Sunday work, began to do something. So the person was not available as such. So somebody now came in two weeks or three weeks later. That person looks exactly like that person. It was so, they were so exactly looking like that people were already calling him the other person. And God was saying, no, this is the person I was talking to you about. <laughs> so, he, this is, I'm just trying to say, at times, God will tell you something. He will think you, you are sure of who, 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 what he's saying about. Until when he gets you to a position, ah, how did he get here? Do you get what I'm trying to say? So God help us in Jesus' name. Now, so, I would be raising a question like it's a question reading from scriptures and i would he said he said what are you baptized into uh, actually the way they asked it paul asked was in what are you baptized into just before i go on that please you know we have um a charity that god has helped us to support or we are supporting we have a lot of people a lot of places we are supporting but this particular one um can i have next slide please um is prison ministry. Some of us are involved with them now. Um, but um, you, you will have it on when it can come up. But you have the prison ministry and basically we have something that we call Angel Tree. Angel Tree. Now it is a CNS prison ministry. So it's all CNS involved. But for those who have been helped, who have been noticing since we got there, it is actually on the back of your blessing. <laughs> That's a lot of things are done. God bless everybody. So, you know. But the whole idea is this. Is that we buy gifts 
for children of parents who are in prison. We wrap it and we send it to them on behalf of the parents. They will let the parents know this is what we bought. The parents will tell us this is what they want to buy. So we buy it for them. Then the parents will be made aware that we've posted it. So on Christmas, when the parent is talking to the child, it will be as if they are the one that bought it. So they say, ah, did you see the gray, the blue, this, the piece of blue, that, and all this kind of stuff. So God has helped us, you know, as a church, financially, we've been supporting a lot. Um, but God has also helped us to have the boots on ground to pack. And please, it is on the 5th, please go to the slide. It is on the 5th to the 6th. Fifth is on the fifth and the sixth Monday and Tuesday of December. Ellen Group is a place they are wonderful to have always give us a place to park. So please, if you are interested to help us park, please let me know. It's going to be in the evening. There will be coffee. There will be tea and things like that. You know, but please, you know. Um, I will be grateful. There are people here who, are, who helped us last year or the two years before COVID, and you know we still need more people to please join us that we can get the wrapping done as quickly as possible, and those children can get their gifts as early as possible. Again, especially with the post um, postal strike now, it's causing a lot of a lot of problems for us to get there. And some children, sadly, their parents, their, those children have been taken back to wherever in the world because both parents are either in prison and things like that. So it is we're just the whole aim is to make sure that none of those kids feel the well, they will always feel the vacuum, but at least they enjoy Christmas. You know, they should not be suffering because of what their parents did. So please let me know. Fifth and the sixth. If you can't make the fifth, if you can make both this it will be lovely. But if you can only make a day, let me know so that I can get you the address and see how we plan for you to get there. And if you still want to support them financially, please, you can pay the money into the church account and put it prison ministry. So yeah, that is that is prison ministry. It, it's coming up. Um, and we are still looking for people who can help us. You know, there are some people who are here who are helping us with our... Uh, admin kind of stuff. We still have a lot of things that we can do, you know, because I believe that we can only buy as much gift as the money we have. So there are some prisons we have to turn down because we don't have enough resources. And it is a shame, and I put it like that, of how it is, how we have places we have, it should not be, CMS Church it should not be doing the number of gifts that we are doing. But if people don't think that's a priority, you know, and things like that. So what we are looking at is that we are looking at to try to expand the, the, the coverage in other ways whereby, you know, especially, I believe the hearts of Utah in these kind of things. So, you know, but if you ask me to say they don't even know they exist. You know, and they have all these revivals going on and things like that. And if you can get in those places, just make the awareness that people are aware that these things are going on within the fold. It is not a dual blessing thing. It is the honest truth. So God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So please, 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 let me know. You know, aside your, your presence is needed. Your presence is needed. Um, one other thing, I just so as we go on, just to talk about this, you know, I there's a scripture that came to mind, which is Judges chapter seven, which is Judges chapter seven, and we see that we see that there was there was uh, Gideon. Gideon was going to fight a war, but Gideon, God had told Gideon that ah, you know, even an angel appeared to Gideon and said, Gideon, don't worry, God is with you. But Gideon did not believe it. Until when Gideon was walking past, he, now, he was now listening to people, the enemies, as it were. And they were, so one of them said that, the Bible says that just, he said, he said Gideon arrived just as a man was telling, was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying around the, the laws and things like that. So basically, he was talking about how God did things that God did to give Gideon victory. Can I have the next slide, please? And the Bible later on says that, the Bible later on says that, the Bible later talks about the fact that, it says, it says to his, his friends responded, and he said, nothing, can be this is this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son, the son of George, and sorry, the Israelites. God has given the Midianites and the whole of the camp into his hands. When Gideon had the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and called her, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianites into, the, into, into our own hands. Question. Why is it that until when Gideon had the dream from other people that he realized what God was about to do to him? Most of the time, Christians are not aware because our realities around us may not necessarily say certain things of what God is doing until God opens your eyes and you begin to see how the other camp is affected. I shared these pictures with them yesterday. No, they, can I have the, the other ones? Is that the one you put up? Can I have the other ones? Okay, yeah, sorry. Amen. Now, you have, this is on baptism. What was happening was that the church of Satan decided to unbaptize people. The problem is that Christians, why is it an issue for them? That's where I'm going to. And Christians do not realize what has happened to them on baptism. That is where I'm going to. For them to make it as part of their journey into satanism is for them to unbaptize you. The problem is that there is something that happened on baptism that Christians did not realize. So they began to unbaptize people as a part of their journey into this new world. 
The question is that what do they know that the Gideons are not aware <laughs> until when they, their eyes are opened and they see that they go, ah, why are they so keen in saying we need to unbaptize you? And they began to make the sign of the cross on their heads. But what they were doing, let's go in the previous one over there, is that they did the cross in inverted ways. So rather than doing the cross normally, they turned the cross upside down. This is not Africa. For you, <laughs> you know, no, these are people that have probably studied, you know, they, they understand what they are doing. That's what I'm where, where, I'm, where I'm going to. So, the question is, what do they know and a Christian does not know? And he just thinks that baptism is just a it's one just one of those things that happened to us. Because obviously, the Church of Satan does understands better. So, and it is interesting that they chose to reverse the cross. Because baptism is burying you with the death of Christ. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. When we're in the Sokoto, he said, Kanjiko. Is that a way of saying, do you understand? Amen. Amen. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we are moving a little bit further, just going to point to that we can get to the scripture that we started, which is what we started of, which is Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 5. The Bible says, and it happened, I just go to, to verse 2. Okay, the Bible says that the source of uh, verse 2 it says, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, No. Okay, please note. What they were saying is, the Jews get an experience when you believed. They said no. He said, have you had, have you heard, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in verse 3, that's where we are going. Paul said, and he said, in what then were you baptized? He said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, you were baptized, John baptized you into repentance and things. Now, first thing you we are looking at here is that Paul is saying there is an issue with your experience because of your baptism. Do we get to that point? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, it did not, it now made a statement by saying, into what were you baptized? 
He did not say into who. He said into what. Now, when he's saying what, you're talking about a state, a position beyond a person. I'm going to explain all of this. I'm just, we are just trying to paraphrase scripture and we can read well. Amen. So, the Bible now says, he now baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, bear with me as I lay these foundations everywhere and we begin to draw a line to it and bring everything together. Now, the challenge at times is that Christians, and like I said, are not aware of certain things. And this kingdom runs on how much you know. That is why the devil's first priority is to make you ignorant. And if I asked you a question, when you go to when you if I ask you a question, when you go to um when you go to Spain or you go to Nigeria or you are from Nigeria coming here and they give you okay, let's say you are coming from Nigeria now you have a Nigerian passport or you have a, let's say you have a British passport you are going to Nigeria how do you think Nigeria accepts you? Open arms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Visa or passport. So you cannot be down with you. Ah. But they say travel. <laughs> they have to put the visa somewhere. They have to put it on your passport. Okay. So why is your visa not issued? On a piece of paper. Yeah, it is you in the paper. You can bring your bank card and say, Excuse me, this is me. Put this on a piece of paper, let me go. It's a form of an identity. Okay. But your uh, school card is also a form of identity. But recognized by the nation. Okay. Now, I'm trying to point you to this so that, you know, I'm trying to bring certain realities to us. Now, your British passport or your Nigerian passport says this. You have, most of us have never read it before. It says, sorry, we might not be able to see it. They said, a Britannic. Majesty's Secretary of State requests and requires in the name of Her Majesty of all those who of, of all those to it may concern to allow the bearer free to pass freely without hindrance 
and afford the bearer such assistance and protection that will be necessary. The Nigerian passport says, don't laugh, it is the Gokalolo one there. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Nigeria will rise. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, these are requests and requirements in the name of the president and the commander in chief of the armed forces of Nigeria to allow whom it may concern and bearer to pass freely without letting hindrance or afford him or her every assistance and protection of which he or her may have need. You have carrying your people have carrying passports. You think it's your visa that is allowing you enter. But actually, it is the authority, not of your country, of the power that is seated in that country that is requesting open way into that country. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Don't worry, go and check your passport. If you didn't get a passport from me on that beach, you will have it there. If you have it, they get a passport, they are different versions. But you know, the original version you see. Now, these are also consequences at times that Christians are afforded rights of way, but they think it is visa that is allowing them to go. Now, Please note again that they did not say the country. They attacked it to the seat of power. It is the seat of power making a request on who they want access to. Now, when they turn out a request, one of the things that are concerned about is that you will not represent that country that is requesting access for them. Where? That is why, that is why, let's just, let me just end it at this point. That is why you, you cannot seize your passport. Because it is not yours. It is the property of the government. That is why they can withdraw Shalima Mugam. Megum. That's why they can withdraw our passports. People did not know that was possible. But it was. Because the majesty can decide to say that you cannot use my access. That's what she's saying. To enter other countries. So when they say she's taking it, what they're saying is that there is no government that is going to back our entry into any place. That is why Paul said, who into what? What means a position. By what position was your baptism? Who was backing the baptism? That's what they were, they were asking. At which authority did that baptism occur? Because that would determine the access you have. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. 
Amen. Okay. Let's look at the scripture that we normally read. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. This is the foundation of the church. And the Bible says that Peter, um, Jesus, uh, Peter said, ah, Jesus said that, Peter said that you are the Messiah or the Christ, the Son of God. And he said, flesh and blood did not receive, not reveal this to you, but the Holy Spirit. Do you think that it is, do you think that the Holy Spirit is, why would the Holy Spirit now say that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God? Why can you not just say Jesus is the Son of God? On what basis is he describing Jesus as the Son of God and the Christ? Now, this is, this is what I just want to say because of our time. The Christ is a position. The Son of God is the person. Charles is his majesty. His name, his position as an individual is Charles. Does this, is this making sense? Because you will begin to, I'm trying to make you, because we will now come down to baptism. As you begin to see the Bible use certain words. So when you see that the Bible writes, you see at times the Bible will say Christ. At times the Bible will say Jesus Christ. At times the Bible will say Christ Jesus. At times it will say Jesus. What the Bible is saying is that it's not that they're just throwing words around. There is an emphasis on who, by who the authority is coming from at that point in time. Now, Jesus was starting, when you ask Jesus about prayer, Jesus said that you have not asked anything in my name. Is that not what he said? He said, but a time will come when you will not need to ask me again, but whatever you ask the Father in my name. So what is the difference? Because at a time, he took a position as the Christ. It is still the name Jesus. But that name took different positions at different times. That is why when you read the, the creed, your, our, our statement of faith, is saying that Jesus is maintaining a particular position now. That's why the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of God. From there, the, the, the creed was, was, was explaining his journey. He now positions him at a particular place. Now, why this is important? As we, as we go on, is this. Okay, let's just quickly go to, it's a bit down. Let's just go to Hebrews. I'm just going to skip some scriptures. Sorry, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. The Bible says, Therefore, were you buried with, with him through the death, in, just as Christ 
was raised from the dead. Do you know that he did, when he decided to use the re resurrection, he went for the word Christ. Now, when you go to Galatians chapter 3, next class, quickly please. Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says, all of you were baptized into Christ. Basically, what he's saying that you were baptized into a position. The position of the Christ. It is that you are Christ too. What is saying that you are backed up, your baptism is backed up by the position of the Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God help us in Jesus' name. Now, let me just quickly just point out to us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. You, you probably, um, or let's go to, um, yeah, Hebrews chapter 1, 2 to 5. The Bible says, the Bible says, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his son, whom he has appointed here over all things. Through whom he also made the, made, made the universe. The son, the right and, and things like that. Now the Bible goes on to verse 4. He said, So it became such as so he, so he became as such more superior to angels, and he has inherited a superior he has inherited and sorry, and sorry, as the name he has inherited is superior to others. For which of the angels did God ever say, my son, today I have become your father and things like that. Now what am I trying to say is that the Bible says that Jesus inherited a superior name. That means that that position of that name was not effective until a particular point in time. That's what I'm going Now, just to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says that being found in appearance as men, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him a name above every other name. So that means that the name that you are talking about now has been elevated to the position of the Christ. That is why you would see again, that's why one of the things that we discussed is that you would see that Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But when the disciples began to baptize, they began to baptize in the name of Christ. Because what has happened is that between that time and the time of, of when they started baptizing, Christ had ascended into heaven and occupied the position of the Christ. Does that make, is that making a little sense? Now, what, what is 
the position. What is this position of the Christ? What is this position of the Christ? You know, the Bible would say, okay, let's go speak to Ephesians. Let's speak to Ephesians, please. The Bible says, I pray that your eyes may be enlightened in order that you may know. So Paul is saying, ah, there are certain things that you need to understand. He now went on, he says, the hope which he has, which he has called you, the riches of his glory and inheritance among the prey. The Bible says, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty, as, as the mighty strength he exerted when Christ was raised from the dead. Because at this point of his resurrection, that is when he became the Messiah. Because that was when you begin to see when the Bible said when Christ was seated in seated in at the right hand in heavenly realms. Let's read on please. And far above all authority, power, and dominion. Every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but in the age to come. And God has placed, God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head for, of everything for the church. So God is saying when Christ resurrected, he was placed at the seat of the Christ. When Jesus resurrected, he was placed at the seat of the Christ. What I'm trying to say is that the position of Christ is an office. That is why Jesus will say, whatever you have the Father in my name, I will do. What does that mean? Does that make sense? What that is saying is that when you act on, on the authority of the office, we are bound to do Amen. Okay. God, grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, one of the reasons why the office of Christ has to be fulfilled is that it is the system by which God intends to control all things back. So you would see that the Bible says in, in um, this, this scripture normally baffles me. Mark chapter 16 verse, verse 15. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. The Bible says, God said that, you know, he said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What do you think is challenging about that scripture? Some translations will struggle with it. But most translations will, will leave it at, 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 at what you have it. What do you think is a challenge? Don't worry, you can say something. He said, all creation. Not just human beings. I'm not saying go and preach to your cat at all. 
What the Bible is saying is that when the impact of what God is, is talking about, it will affect everything in that, in, in, in that area. And that's why the Bible says, when we go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, trying to talk about the mind of God, it said, to put in effect when the time reaches their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Because he's, he's talking about the office. So, the aim of God is that everything will be brought under the control of heaven, which is under the office of Christ himself. Now, one of the positions of the office, responsibility of the office of the Christ, is what Timothy, first Paul was writing to Timothy, and when Paul said that, he said, for there is one God and one mediator. You can see that there was a split. He said, there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. The man, Christ Jesus. What he's saying is that that office of the Christ is the office that stands as a mediator between you and God. So it's like the high priest Okay, it's a good example. Aaron is a person, but Aaron occupies the office of a high priest in his days. So, when there is a gap between God and man, the mediator, but the Bible says that mediator is positioned, the office is operating from, is what is called the Christ. Is this thing becoming? I don't like what I'm seeing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's come to a bit of practicality of this thing. Why you are baptized into Christ? Is that that office is the position by which God influences a lot of things in your life. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, For if by trespass of one man death reigned, that through one man, that, that, that one man, how much more will those who receive abundance, provision of grace, and of the gift of righteousness, reign in life through the man, Jesus Christ? You can see that the, the word is it's moved. Now, the question is, the first thing I want us to get, get to grabs with this is that for the position of the Christ to be effective, 
it comes through those who have received. Basically, what the Bible is saying, death is already at work. When the Bible says death, it means that the, ability, the world is already degenerating. But he's saying that there are certain people who can revert the position. Let's put it this way. The society is degenerating. But there are certain people that because through, the, through Jesus Christ are empowered to begin to pour life into that environment. When the Bible says they would reign, what the Bible says they can control. So, for example, let's put it this way. Death is already at work in everybody. One of the ways is that your flesh is already, is already your flesh as, as it is, is has desires of the, of, of the uh, what's it called, of sin itself. When you begin to reign, before you reign outside, you reign inside you. So the ability to say no to sin is you first of all starting your position of reign. Then as you begin to learn to reign, you will begin to reign and you will begin to affect your environment. Assuming you have somebody who maybe God has called you to become an accountant. Everything in that area is smelling death. Basically what it means, things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. If somebody who has the life of God enters that place, he has the ability to revert what is going on. Because that person is backed up by the office of the Christ. Now, First Corinthians chapter one verse thirty says that it says that it is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. What it's saying is that Christ at His position now is the one that gives you and I the ability of wisdom to be able to live a righteous life and to be able to live a godly life. What is the responsibility of the office of Christ for you? It is true that God can control and can influence environments. So if you are baptized into Christ, you are baptized into the office of Christ, just like, just like you have your passport and your doors are opening based on the government, that, the seat of power that is backing that same thing. The same way as a Christian, that even in a very terrible world, because you are backed up by the Christ himself, you have the ability to turn things around. Hey, you know, uh, yeah. 
Alléluia. Have I gone too far? <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. Now, somebody that is walking under the influence of the office of the Christ, let me tell you how, show you how they function. Let's just look at this. This is, I think maybe this might be, um, this might be interesting for us because we normally quote this scripture where for you to understand where I'm going. Um, the just was the last thing, uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. The Bible says, what can ever separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, persecution, hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like a sheep. No. He now said, despite all of these things, we overwhelming victory is hers through Christ Jesus or through Christ who loved us. The other translation you will read, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. What he's saying, what Paul is saying is that I, my situations around me may be challenging. I may not understand what is going on, but guess what? I am powered by the office of the Christ. I am strengthened by the office of the Christ in such a way that when people are saying, how does this person behave normal when everybody is breaking down? It's because that person is backed up by the office of the Christ. When the reason why Paul is saying, I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me. What Paul is saying in essence is this. When Paul is in prison, and Paul is saying to people, rejoice in the Lord, I say rejoice. People will say, excuse me sir, you are in prison. We are the one that is supposed to be writing letter to you, saying, but Paul is saying, in all these things, I can do all things through Christ that stretches me. When a man is powered by the office of the Christ, if no matter what situation he's going through, he will be the one consoling others. Because that's why Paul said, in calamity, in trouble, it doesn't really matter to me. Because I am powered by the office of Christ. When a Christian doesn't understand as much, so what, what is happening when the church of Satan is unbaptizing people? What he's doing to them is disconnecting them back from the office of the Christ. 
so that you have no source coming towards you. And when situation happens, it breaks you off. The first is, ah, I don't believe in that God again. The problem is that what baptism does, it connects you back to the office of the Christ in such a way that whatever it is that happens, you are not moved. Do you know why Christianity was popular at the time? Do you know that in the Roman days, probably in the days of Paul and things like that, the... See, this is the best time of Christianity if you don't know. You read history. At a time, when you give your life to Christ, maybe the life expectancy after that is about three, four years. Because they are slaughtered. When you go to the Colosseum in, in Rome, they were using Christians as light bulbs. They would tie them on the, uh, what's it called, on a pole and set them on fire to be able to see the other Christians that lions are hitting. Yet, Christianity was on the rise. Why? Because people were wondering what is powering this kind of people that they are ever excited when even yet all the trouble that they are going through something different is coming out of this people. In those days, when Christians were greeting themselves, they used to say that if God ties, that was their greeting. We will see if God ties. In Greek Christian history. Why did they used to say that? Because they were not sure if they would see each other again. So when they finished service, they will greet themselves, say, ah, bye-bye you, I might not see you here again, I might see you in heaven. And yet, they were in the increase. Because they understood the office of the Christ and how they are being powered from that area. In those days, Christians were not people that people come and say, ah, by the time they come, people will begin to look at ah, what is wrong. That is why the Bible says that when we pray, the Bible says the peace that surpasses understanding. What does that mean? People don't understand it. You go, you cannot explain. But you just know that your mind is at peace. Do you know what the general world will say? They will not be behaving like this. But the Bible says there is a peace that surpasses understanding. So when you are being baptized into Christ, you are baptized into the full resurrection of Jesus. And it is God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm. 
go to just read Philippians chapter. We'll just close up that and we would hope we would um, draw a little bit to a close. Those two scriptures after day. He said, not that I am never in, I am I am never in need, but I have learned to learn or learned how to be contented with whatever I have. I know how to live in almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secrets of living in every situation, whether full in a with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or to or with little. He said, For I can do everything. The secret is that I can do everything through Christ. Who strengthens me? Because that is the office that powers everyone else. When you ask most Christians that the Christians ah, I can do all things. So Christ has said this me. I can do. If you ask them, what are the things you can do? Say, ah, you know, I can, um, you know, uh, I can have more money. I can have more. That's not what Paul was saying. Paul said, the day that there is no food, I am. I understand the secret of staying afloat in those times. Whereby I am not the one that everybody come and say, ah, ah, see how your life has become. He said, I can do all things to Christ. I said, Is, can you only do some things? Or are you sure you can do all things? Is your Christian version only when breakthrough is happening on a regular basis? That is where I can do all things. Paul will say you can do half things. What, what Paul is saying you can do all things. What Paul is saying when even things are hard, I am powered by the office of Christ. So when you are being baptized into Christ, what he's saying is that no matter what comes your way, understand that you are being powered by the office that is greater than all, which is the office of Christ. That's why Paul said, either in full stomach, empty, plenty, or little, for I can do everything through Christ that strengthens me. And that is what I want to leave us with is the ability to understand that how to reign through Christ is understanding the secrets of living in any kind of circumstances you find yourself. Because there are two different things as we look, as we've tried to explain in the best way that I can, God willing, is the way God intends to rule the world is when you have realized that you are baptized into Christ and you are powered from them. Revelations, that last week, Revelations chapter 11 verse 13 says that then the seven angels blew the trumpet and they were uh, with the loud voices shouting in heaven. Now the world has become the kingdom of our Lord 
and is Christ. He will reign forever and ever. Please note what the Bible did not say. The Bible did not say he is Lord. Because Christ is our Lord. But God has created an office. That's why the Bible will say is Christ. So is Christ only your Lord and not your Christ? Have you, have you learned to rely on that office irrespective of whatever happens? And that is the joy of baptism. Is that we are not powered by this world. We have learned the secret to be powered by the office of Christ. The challenge I'm having with a particular addiction, I am not powered by this world. From baptism, I have learned how to be powered from heaven. And that is the joy of coming into baptism. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.